producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minnesota sports fans, welcome back to another exciting episode of Taxi Squad. And when I say exciting today, I really mean exciting. We have some major news. Oof. Major news with the Timberwolves. They they did a thing. <laughs> they did a thing. They made a trade before the trade deadline. The Minnesota Vikings got their defensive coordinator. And, of course, we'll talk to Minnesota Wild as well. But before we dive into all of that, we have to introduce the band. The normal squad is here. The voice you hear right now is Artist Woods, and I'm here with my guys, AJ Fredrickson and Jason Stormer. Guys, how you feeling today? Oh, boy. Uh, huge, huge trade going down with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and, and not just the Minnesota Timberwolves artists. Also, your Los Angeles Lakers. We've got um, we got a lot of connections uh, going on right now, and uh, I'm telling you what, this, this feels like the Rudy Gobert trade all over again in terms of like giddiness and excitement because I remember we recorded pretty quick after that. Not not as quick as this. I mean, this trade literally went down like what? Not even two hours ago, gentlemen, and we're recording this episode. So like still trying to gather my bearings, still trying to figure out all the moving pieces. The Wolves have been involved in just a ton of trade rumors the last couple of days, and it finally came to a blow uh, the last couple of hours. Uh, if you haven't heard the news, uh, D'Angelo Russell on his way out back to the L.A. Lakers. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. In return, um, the Wolves actually aren't getting anybody actually from the Lakers. They're getting um, getting players from uh, the Utah Jazz. Yes, the Utah Jazz and the Minnesota Timberwolves involved in another trade. In this case, Mike Conley, another point guard coming back to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I believe a second round pick is involved in there. Um AJ, man, I mean, this is just, I I just laid it out, man. And there's probably more to the, like, there's probably more things going on. More news will break that'll happen in the next couple hours, but this is just nuts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not the guy to ask about it. So I'm going to probably toss it back over to you two to break this one down. First off, let me, as, as, uh, for a layman basketball follower, is this even close? To, th- this cannot be as close based on what I'm hearing to like the values being swapped from this past summer's trade for Rudy Gobert, correct? No, no, not no, even no, close. Not as, yeah, no. Perfect. Um, my other question is, my other question is, wasn't D'Lo playing unbelievable basketball like this past week and a half to like two weeks to almost three weeks now? Where with the absence of Cat, he has been really helping the offense facilitate. So why move him out? And that maybe know. it's a little bit of a setup for you guys to expand on some discussion. Yeah. I don't really know after a while if D'Lo, and I could be wrong. This is pure like speculation, but from some of the things that were, that has been said and rumored and reported, I'm not sure if D'Lo really wanted to be um, a Minnesota Timberwolf much longer. He was involved in so many trade rumors the last two seasons. I, I kind of cannot blame him. He also caught a lot of the slack for when the team wasn't playing well and in all honesty, he kind of deserves some of it because he wasn't playing well for a good stretch of time, too, especially to start the season. Valid point, though. He did, right before this trade, start playing really well. But I ultimately think that D'Lo wasn't going to be a piece that was going to help you get out of, out of the West anyway. Like, we've seen this side of D'Lo already. He has really good stretches of basketball because he is a he's a good player. He's not a terrible basketball player. He can put the ball in the hole. He can facilitate. He can get an offense going. 
it just seemed like he's too up and down. He's a little too streaky. And the Timberwolves, from what I can see, wanted to go with the more consistent route. You know, Mike Conley has kind of been the same guy for the most part his entire career. He's a guy that's going to play defense. He's a guy that's going to play feisty. He's a guy that is going to score some points, maybe not as much as D'Lo, but he's going to hit the occasional three. He's going to facilitate the offense. He's going to get the ball to your stars. He's not a guy that's looking to go out there and get his. And I do think that this, in a way, improves your defense and opens the floor up a lot more for Anthony Edwards and for Carl Anthony Towns when he gets back. You also get a guy in Mike Conley that played with Rudy Gobert as well, so he kind of knows what makes Rudy Gobert tick. And so, I mean, all in all, I don't think the team that that the Timberwolves had were going to win a championship. I'm not sure now adding Mike Conley that moves the needle that much, but I honestly, come playoff time, my honest opinion is it does move it a little bit more towards successful basketball when it matters. Because we saw D'Lo in this past this last postseason, and they had to sit him on the bench in the fourth quarter of, of playoff games <laughs> because he would turn the ball over. He wasn't playing good defense. He wasn't taking good shots, and that's the complete opposite of Mike Conley. But I've been told he has ice in his veins. Is yeah, that not true. I, it, it, it there are moments where it is. You know what I mean? Like there are moments where it <laughs> is, and that's why. <laughs> that's why, like, you know, I like I like D'Lo. But I'm kind of up and down just like he's up and down because, he again, he has those moments where he is icing his veins D'Lo. He's playing out of his mind. He'll have a 30-point game. He'll have a 25-point 20, game. He'll hit seven straight threes. Then the next game, he'll have three turnovers, four turnovers. He'll be unplayable in the fourth quarter. It's just the lack of consistency is just it, – it hurts a lot. And then when you got a guy like Anthony Edwards that is now ascending now, he's really taking that next step this year. You really don't want anybody taking shots away from him, in my eyes. I want Ant to shoot as many times as he needs to um, to continue to take that next level. So I, I'm not too mad about it. Um, but what do you think, Jason? Man, I mean, if we look at D'Lo's stats the last 10 games, 47% shooting from the field, 44% shooting from three, 21 points per game. Artists, you and I were kind of both on the record last week. We didn't think that D'Lo was really going to get traded anymore. We thought that he was really playing so well that the Timberwolves just maybe wanted to ride it out. I know it's an expiring contract and there's a lot of appeal to trade that, but he was playing out of his mind. And sure, like um, we, like you said, we don't want to take any opportunities away from Ants, but even though D'Lo has been playing the way he's been playing, Ants been thriving no matter what. So I don't know if even keeping D'Lo around really would have stunted Ant's growth too much. But again, like I just said, the expiring contract is just too appealing not to trade, especially when you're able to trade it to a team who is pretty damn desperate for a point guard, especially when they missed out on their main target, which was Kyrie Irving. So you were able to not necessarily take advantage per se of the Lakers, because frankly, I think this is all in all fairly even trade, but you have to kind of also just you kind of got to realize where this team is. I know that the Wolves are in contention for some pretty good seating still in the West, but they're only one game over 500. And I know that the West is very weak this season. I understand that, but that shouldn't really excuse the Timberwolves by any means. Like, honestly, with our expectations for this team with the Rudy Gobert trade, my opinion, they should be like 10 games over 509 right now at the very least. And again, just because the West sucks this year, 
doesn't mean we should lower our expectations of where this team is at. So we get Mike Conley back. He's under contract for next season. Um, he uh, is shooting 40% from the field this season, 36% from three. So you are you are losing some statistical uh, output when uh, in, from your point card position in this way. But I am really intrigued, like we mentioned, uh, the combination of getting Conley back with Rudy Gobert. Um, that chemistry worked pretty decent for a couple of seasons there in Utah after uh, Conley came over there um, from Memphis. And so um, I'm intrigued to see what that pairing can get like. And also, I just I think it helps, especially this season, to maybe try to develop as much chemistry for Rudy Gobert. And if that means bringing in one of his former teammates, I mean, I don't really see how that can go wrong. It's a cheaper contract as well. Um, you know, who knows what I'm very I'm. Artis, you're the Lakers fan. I'm very curious um, what you think Delo's fit now will be with the team. And you're not just getting Delo too. You're getting a bunch of former Timberwolves. Malik Beasley's going to the Lakers. Jared Vanderbilt's also going to the Lakers. So, like, how do you think this improves or maybe doesn't improve your squad? Well, I want to – well, first, I want to say something really quick about the Russell thing really quick before I say something about oh, yeah, sure. his fit with the Lakers. I know he's been playing well, guys. I know he has. He has been balling. But we have been down this road with him before. Mm -hmm. And he's so hit or miss. He had a streak last year where I was like, he is the he, he's the guy that makes it go. He is the guy that makes it go. He calms the team down. He gets everybody on their spots or in their spots on the floor. Um, he could be a really good floor general. Like, it, he had that moment last year. And then in the playoffs, yep. he was the complete opposite. You don't need to see that too many times to understand what type of player he is. And in the postseason, even though it is working very well in the regular season, when the game slows down and teams game plan for you, the last thing you need is a cold D-Lo because he may go for 30, but he also might be cold one day and be taking like shots. Yeah, li literally. And be taking shots away <laughs> from guys place. like – and, and like Cat, who could who could have it going and could potentially have better games. Like I said, he's not a terrible player. Um, I think he's a good player. I just think the fit with the Timberwolves and the direction that they're headed, I I like the idea of having a more like we know what we're gonna get from Mike Conley. Mm -hmm. At least we know we know we're we know exactly what we're gonna get. I, I like that opposed to just going into every game. You don't you just don't know what 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 to expect from D'Lo a lot of nights. Mm -hmm. He might blow up. He might not. As far as the Lakers, they got some shooting, man. They got some shooting. I am happy about that. That's what I will say. Um, no more. I'm not bricks. expecting. What was that? No more bricks. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, no more bricks. But you know, they Just got Vanderbilt. Back. They got uh, Beasley, who can shoot. Obviously, D'Lo has been shooting the ball well. Hit or miss. Again, very streaky, but he's better than what we had as far as shooting the basketball. And like everybody knows that in order to do anything when you're playing with LeBron, you need to be you need you need shooters. You need yeah. shooters. If you're a GM and you are you have LeBron James, you know you need shooters. And that's something that the Lakers really didn't have these last two years. They barely had it when they won a championship in a bubble in 2020, in all honesty. So I I like it. I'm not sure how much it moves the needle. I think the Lakers win uh, more games than they than they lose. I think they end with a positive record. But as far as like Laker fans want championships, like Laker fans want deep playoff runs. Like they don't No, I can't even say they want championships. I can't even say deep playoff runs. Laker fans want championships. And 
the 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 swing and miss on Kyrie still stings for me personally. It, it, that still stings. This just feels like a we didn't get Kyrie, but at least we did this, you know. And it's like it just doesn't have the same effect as like getting the start of this Kyrie, even though Kyrie is a wild card, right? Yeah. He's a wild card, but when he plays and when he's played typically with LeBron, those have been finals appearances or so, championships. So like, obviously if that were, if that trade were to actually take place, like mm-hmm. obviously have those two like, by, by the way, before I even go any further, claps to LeBron James for breaking the NBA scoring record. What it was 38,000, like 338 or 88. One of those two Come or around something in there. Like that. Yep. Um, so cool that i mean that they, they, you could have like him be on the lakers for that to happen i'm gonna be perfectly honest with you i thought that was cool especially because obviously kareem did it when he was with the lakers and i was watching i was watching that game I'm sure you were two artists and yeah man it just it felt like my childhood was kind of culminating in that moment to a degree it, like and i hadn't felt that probably emotional in an nba game that didn't involve like my team or something since uh kobe's last game when he put up 60 against utah Mm-hmm. And I, it, it was just, it, it was surreal. And I mean, he had, he had the mic drop at the end there and that was, that was perfect too. And it's just, you know, I, I, I have been probably a, more of a critic of LeBron for most of his career, not necessarily in like the debate with like Michael Jordan and that kind of stuff. I just didn't like space jam too. I thought it was a terrible movie that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but yeah. like, but no, I still respect <laughs> just, I, I just have to respect the hell out of this guy for doing this because I think a lot of people didn't think that this record was going to get broken in the first place. And mm. man, it's just what a career, what an absolute career it's. And, and the most amazing thing about it too, is just, he has like, I, I, we probably will never have a player with more expectations of what their career should be like so early on. Cause like everybody, like he was dubbed the chosen one in high school. He surpassed all of those expectations. Like it's, it's insane. And it just, I had to have a moment last night of just like appreciating just what this guy just means to just sports and all is in its entirety. It's just been incredible to watch his career. I was I was very happy to see him do that. It would have been nice to win the game, though. <laughs> I do want to point that out. I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> like, wait, we wait, lost I, the game. They lost to the Thunder. They lost to the Thunder. Oh, LeBron had thirty six, and it's like after he broke that record. It's like he was so overcome with emotion. He went and sat down on the bench. And then he came back in the game, and he just looked stiff. Like, if you watch that whole game, he just seemed like he was on a mission to get that record. I'm scoring. I'm shooting more than I normally shoot. He was playing out of his mind. He was lights out. And then sat down after he got the broke the record, got back up, and just didn't look the same. He scored two points the rest of the game. He didn't even – he had – 36 by the end of the third quarter and didn't end, it, end the game with 40 points. You got – like, think about that. Like that's you know, but again, don't want to take away from his moment. Great, I'm I'm happy that he did beat that record, um, especially in a Lakers uniform. I thought he was gonna do the sky hook. That would have been pretty dope. But <laughs> yeah. uh, he did it his way, and you know, nothing but respect. He's I think he's the goat, me personally, um, and I'm willing to debate that with whoever another day. But um, yeah, it would have been nice to see them get the win. It definitely would have. The trade though, like I said, I think it gives them more shooting. I think it helps them out tremendously in that category um and vando i like what he brings from just yes. the energy and defensive standpoint he was a great player here in minnesota um so i i do like that addition and I, I do think the lakers are better from it i'm interested in seeing how it all comes together 
um, and 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 how they perform if they make the playoffs. Um, that's that's gonna be the the, you know, that's that's gonna tell us everything we need to know. But I all in all for the Timberwolves, I'm not I'm. Hey, you got a draft pick back. You got a draft pick back yeah. for the Wolves. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not too upset. I know Mike Conley is not having a great year, but just yeah. him being the vet that he is, um, being the defensive player that he is, he's not what he was. He he he's not what he once was. But I respect him as a ball player in the league, and I think it was a decent pickup. Yeah, yeah, I think it is too. And um, back to the whole D'Lo in the playoffs thing, which obviously is a thing. We, we're discussing it now, right? But we also have to take into account Rudy Gobert's struggles in the playoffs too. And if you're the Timberwolves, which I, I think at this point they are tracking to at least be in, be in the play-in tournament at the very least, I don't think the Wolves are going to miss the playoffs at this point, even though like they probably – did get just a little bit worse today, technically, because yeah, I, I, I would say technically, that I would say. It. I yes. think this move is That's more tremendous. so for like when like to to help and I feel like more take more shots yes. and when I think yeah. it's more so a move for when Cat gets back as well. That too, that too. Um, but think about this: like if you have like if you you keep if you ended up keeping D'Lo, and obviously you have Gobert, and obviously you got to play both of those guys in the playoffs. Um. If you have both of them implode, I mean, if even if you have one of them implode, you're probably going to lose whatever game you're playing against whoever you're playing against, right? But it would just be a double disaster if both of them, if both of their flaws were exposed in the worst possible ways at the same time. If that were the case, I mean, I could imagine the Timberwolves getting swept out of the playoffs if that's the case. Um I would hope not. Look, I mean, yeah, D'Lo, I, I will admit, D'Lo did build up a lot of cred for me um, so far this season. I mean, statistically, he is having one of his best seasons of his career. Um, but like we've laid it out, it's just we, we've seen the crunch time moments. We don't know exactly what we are getting. Point guards that are scoring, scoring point guards are always kind of tricky. I mean, look, you, you just dealt with Russell Westbrook in L.A. artist, so you, you understand kind of scoring point guards are just man it's just they really really have to like just i don't know i work with i don't know if it's a positional difference thing i don't know if it's just because ants a shooting guard and that makes a difference i don't know if like scoring point guards work more better with like uh, small forwards and power forwards and centers they probably do but maybe in the timberwolves case it just even though i mean we, we've seen it work but like it just how far can it actually get us you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and yeah, I, I think, yeah, I'm inter- intrigued to see what Cat will do with Conley as well. Um, I don't think, I mean, actually the Wolves in Utah are playing literally as we speak. <laughs> Ironic. And yeah. uh, I don't think any of the players that have been moved are playing in this game. I know that D'Lo, even before the trade was announced, said he was out for personal reasons. So you, you knew when that was happening. It's just like, all right, this is going on. Especially because uh, Woj or Shams, whoever reported it, because like the news that this trade was happening happened much earlier in the day as we're recording this here on uh, February 8th. Um, that was just like the announcement of the announcement. You know what I mean? It was, right. it, was it was the it was the appetizer of what uh, ultimately was going to be the entree. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I yeah, the Wolves didn't get significantly better in this trade. We got to admit that. 
but they got a little bit of draft capital back. They got a player that's under contract for next season who's not going to command nearly as much d- money as what D'Lo probably would, even though you weren't going to re-sign D'Lo anyway, no matter what. He was probably just going to walk. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I am still very intrigued to see the combination of Conley and Gobert once again. Uh, I'm hoping that will not only help Conley uh, statistically as well, but just... Again, I'm all about just like, let's get as much chemistry for Gobert in this first season as possible because it hasn't started out great, but it's it's been better lately. Admittedly, it's been better lately. And he's actually been a little bit more healthy, too. That's helped, too. So um, I think this kind of opens it up a little bit for uh, J-Mac, too, to get more tick coming and, in for Mike Conley off the bench. Um, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it won't be controversial you know what i mean like if j mac has to play big minutes down the stretch of a playoff game and you got to sit mike conley down it's not controversial you know what i mean it's one of those things where it's like okay you know mike mike conley knows his role um he knows what type of player he is at this point in his career and j mac you know in the playoffs again he he played really good basketball and to start the season before his injury he was playing really good basketball too with d-lo if you got d-lo out there and you're sitting d-lo in crucial moments and games in place of j mac is we're looking like, yo, D'Lo is one of our best players. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's the top three player on the team. Why is he not in the game? You know what I mean? It's just a lot more controversy there. I don't yeah. want to use the word egos, but it's it's a lot more. Per- there's more personalities involved in that, I would say. Um, and what, so he unfollowed us on Instagram a, like a couple weeks ago. Uh, then, like, then we knew we knew it was com- it, well. We didn't take that back. We didn't know it was no. coming because we thought that he would stay yeah. because of how he was playing. But we knew it needed to happen at some point. It had to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had to happen at some point. And, I, and like I said, I'm not I'm not mad at what you got back no. for it. But it, we it just sounds- need to see everybody on the court healthy. Right. But it sounded like, I mean, it sounded like a trade was inevitable for the Wolves, no matter what, because it, uh, there have been reports all throughout the last couple of days that they were circulating all throughout the league. And just some of the names that have been brought up that have been available. The trade deadline is tomorrow, technically, right? I believe so. I believe yes. So, yep. Okay. So like, I mean, these are some of the names that the Wolves were linked to uh, Bones Highland of the the Nuggets, who I haven't watched a ton of. Um, I, I, I know that he didn't. I don't think he played in either of the games that the Wolves played um, against the Nuggets here in the last week or so. So I haven't gotten a chance to see him play that much. But a great name, Bones Highland. That's a sweet. You said a great name. Um, yeah. Fred Van Fleet's name was thrown out there. That would be well. beautiful. That, oh my gosh! Would have taken him over Conley. I'll admit that right now. Absolutely. Yes. Um, if that could have, if somehow the Raptors could have been the third team involved in uh, in the trade instead of Utah. Um, oof, that, that would be beautiful. Been, so I mean, maybe he'll go somewhere else now, though. I don't really know. Um, but it, uh, the Wolves were also linked to Kyrie. Apparently, they did their due diligence on Kyrie. And um, personally, I I'd, I'd, I'd wouldn't want Kyrie on my team. Uh, I think as much of a great player as he is, he's fantastic. There's just so much distraction involved with him. And, you know, maybe things will be okay in Dallas or whatever. Actually, I think out of some places he could go for the things that he believes in, whatever. We don't have to discuss it. Texas might be a good place for him to go, actually. Um, And so uh, we'll we'll see if that works out. But, like, it's just the Wolves have had enough um, turbulence with the Rudy Gobert trade that bringing in Kyrie, I just think, all right, we already pushed a lot of chips into the middle of the table not that long ago. Not that, like, I don't think I don't think we would have had to give up the farm to get Kyrie Irving because, frankly, I think the Nets just wanted to get his ass out of there. I think Katie and all of them were just 
they they had had it with him so yeah um but i mean it's yeah i mean the wolves obviously would out of any player the wolves could have gotten on the trade market or like Kyrie would have been the best player he would have probably lifted the team the most if we're talking purely just what he brings onto the court but i just i i don't want to deal with the distractions if if i were the lakers though i actually would take that take that gamble i i would have for the lakers this is not bad because if you have lebron james you have to do everything possible and if that means taking on potential distractions that could submarine your team um you just do it because the man is 38 years old and he's putting up some of the best numbers he's had out of out of anybody at this point in their careers i mean you look at some like I believe Kareem Abdul Jabbar was averaging like 10 points a game when he was 38 years old. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just yeah. the fact that he's even close to 30 at 38 years old is just absolutely incredible. So um it, I love that honest to goodness, like over the last couple of years, it seems like the Wolves have always now been involved in some of these big names that are in the trade market. Ever since like Lori and Arod have come to town, it just seems like we are not afraid to like at least, like I said, do these due diligence kind of things where it's like, all right, yeah, like maybe our our expectations aren't to land a guy like Kyrie Irving, but it's still fun to hear our name involved with him, with Fred Van Fleet, Bones Highland, whoever he is. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I, it, it's fun at least, but if, I'm if, still pretty cool with Conley though. Yeah, I, I agree. If you give me like one quick second before we transition, because I have to quickly just get this off my chest. What we witnessed last night, Uh-oh. or was it? It might have been the night before. Oh, they no, played, it was last night. It was last yeah, night. Yeah, what we witnessed last night when the Timberwolves played the Nuggets is utterly unacceptable. I never want to see that ever again. These guys were down like 30 at the end of the first quarter, 30 at the end of the first half. And Chris, first off, Chris Finch. The team didn't come to play. You're playing the best team right now in the Western Conference. This is a statement game for both teams, for both teams, I feel like, because we saw this Timberwolves team beat Memphis and, you know, beat the Kings. We saw them contend with some of the best in the conference. So now you're playing literally the best team in the conference. It's a statement game. And your team does not look prepared. They don't look motivated. They don't look like a team that even wanted to go out there and win a basketball game. I don't know sometimes. Sometimes teams play a little rough heading into the trade deadline because you just never know who's going to get moved, and that's on players' minds, and we understand all that. But 30 points at halftime, 30 points. And then what really, what really grind, grinded my gears. I had I have to use that phrase. Grinded my <laughs> gears. Is you come out in the second half and bench your starters. That is unacceptable. In a basketball game where you have Anthony Edwards who was shooting 7 for 11 from the field, you got other guys that could put the, the ball in the hole. D'Lo was still on the floor at the time. You got guys that can at least get you back in the game to an extent. At least see if you can 10-0 run, 15-0 run. You know, at least give your team a chance to come out in the second half and see if we can get our way back in this game. If they don't and the fourth quarter comes and you're still down 30 points, okay, cool. Bench your starters. It is what it is. But to come out for an entire second, an entire, that, 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 I, I, I could not believe what I saw against the best team in the Western Conference. Unacceptable for you to lose or be down 30 points and Anthony Edwards only plays 21 minutes. D'Angelo Russell only plays 20 minutes. Nas Reed only plays 12 minutes. Rudy Gobert only plays 19. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? 
Yeah. That's, that's 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 unacceptable. Yeah, it looks like they wave. Honestly, they waved the white flag when D'Lo got ejected about like halfway through that third quarter there, um, because he he literally did his thing. He went he went straight to the locker room, and then I think that was pretty much it. Actually, actually, no, it looks like they got a lot of the other players out too, like Ant and Gobert. Yeah, it was. They took I, if I'm if I'm they took everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yep, that ha- yep, yep. They they they. Re- oh. And Finch in the press conference said that, well, we got Utah tomorrow night. So I nope. realized that we didn't have the, this is what he said. This is what he said. This is what yes. he said. Um, he said literally like, yeah, uh, I realized pretty quickly that we didn't have it tonight. So I said, forget about it. We're going to get ready for tomorrow. That's, and that's just that's you, can, you can't when you're in a Western conference right now that it is that is as stacked as it is and it's as tight as it is. You can't afford to just forfeit a game because you're down 30 points. No, yeah. you go into halftime and you tell your team, hey, it's time to play ball. What are we doing? Wake up because I'm not taking you out. We need to figure out how we can come back from 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 a deficit like this anyway. At least give guys a shit. Anthony Edwards was seven from for 11. He could he was hot. He was playing well. Yeah. That, no, that's just, that's, it, it was that's, fascinating, that's, man. I mean, Denver caught fire. They went on like a 37 to six run at like the seven and a half minute mark. And the first quarter, the wolves actually had like a 13 to 12 lead, like halfway through the first quarter of this game. And then just the floodgates. And for goodness open. sake, like learn, call a timeout. When it, we saw this in the postseason this mm-hmm. past year, where Finch has this, I don't know what it is, but he he doesn't know how to like stop the bleeding, as they say, for lack of a better phrase. Like when a game is getting out of hand, call a timeout. Well, hey guys, let's get together and figure out what's going on instead of okay, these guys just went on a twenty to O run or thirty to O run or whatever the case is. Oh, TV timeout. Oh, this is a great time to talk to my team now. Call a, that's what the timeouts are for. Use your timeouts. See, this doesn't happen often. I'm just kind of ranting about what I just oh. witnessed because that was ridiculous. But it's like, yo, we saw it in the playoffs, and it was very – they brought up bad memories. Call call a timeout. They're, called, they're there for a reason. He called one timeout in that first quarter. One timeout. And at that point, it was 27 to 15 Nuggets. So, like, they they haven't even fully opened it up yet. And, uh, yeah, it, w- it was just an absolute disaster. An, an absolute disaster. And I, and I know they beat the Nuggets a couple days before. Well, Denver – rested literally their entire team that night so if the timberwolves didn't take care of business uh that would have been an even bigger disaster um before we also before we move on a lot of timberwolves talk today so much is going on i don't remember a fight that good for the timberwolves in a long long Mm. time man austin rivers is not somebody i want to really mess with a little bit um fisticuffs at target center that was that was pretty epic that was a that was a scrap i don't know what do you what do you guys think it was a good one well, I mean, I know, I know, yeah. Austin Rivers is a Mighty Ducks fan, so he's not afraid to throw down maybe a little bit. <laughs> From what I saw of that, I want to know what was said. I don't know if you guys maybe have seen, but it mm-hmm. like the bench reaction from whatever was said was like it seemed like there was definitely some sort of line crossed because it was almost instant, like. The sentence was complete, and we are fighting. We are, we are fighting <laughs> immediately. Um, and it, it it I will I will give it credit because better than a better better than a baseball fight. Baseball <laughs> fight. Baseball fights are so annoying. 
um because it's just a big hold me back contest and then like three minutes later the bullpen suddenly get there and they're like <sighs> was that we're done they make those guys go out like, stay where so you are stay in the bullpen no um but you know it, it impressive impressive but it's just a weird thing because like for hockey you have giant tall things of plexiglass that separate the players from the fans whereas nba if you spill anywhere over into that first row it, all it takes is Doug from Minnetonka, who's had one too many Michelob Golden Lights, who's or for the sake of the show, uh, one too many fir, uh, Surleys, um, and he's going to be throwing haymakers against Mo Bamba. <laughs> like that's all it takes. Yeah. So it's it, 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 NBA fights are always weird to me. And that was what it was. It called the Malice at the Palace. Yes. Oh, that was nuts. Yeah, Ooh, that yeah. Was I mean, nuts. you're never going to see anything like that again. But you're never. You're also never going to see like. Um, Mike Milbury beating a guy with a sh- with his own shoe, <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, like it, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, so, it was it was a good scrap. Um, allegedly, this is what's circulating on social media. All Mo Bamba said apparently was the Saint High School no Mo. Yeah, right. That statement does not warrant that kind of reaction from somebody. Hmm. Yes, no, 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 no. this ain't that's, that's no more. Come on, nobody's leaping at somebody if somebody says that to somebody. Uh, 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 uh. No, 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 no. I'm guessing that's, some entities were thrown out there. No. That's 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 cap. <laughs> that's cap. Like that is not what was said. Like for those who don't know what that means, that means he's lying. Like it had to be more to it than that. Or it had to be something that was going on off the court before the game even started for it to get to that point. Because we see NBA players get into arguments on the floor all the time. Mm-hmm. It's very, very rare to see them actually throw hands. Like, that was yeah. one of the things that, you know, retired players and even some current players talk about. They they always say, like, man, I don't talk trash. Or I don't get into it with nobody on the floor because they ain't going to do nothing. That's their favorite phrase. Ain't nobody going to do nothing. It's the NBA. So to see somebody actually do something and it actually get to that point where, you know, hands are thrown, people are shoved, the bench is clear. Like, that, that okay, now something must have really been said. Something must have really... These guys... You know, Austin Rivers, I'm sure he's heard worse trash talk than that before and not fought. You know, so it, again, that's cap. Something else was said. <laughs> Something else had to be said for, for that to explode the way it did. And, and there was rumors that Mo Bamba was in the tunnels after the game, too, maybe looking to catch something as well. So it's just like, all right, all right, okay. No, there, there's more to this, but, you know, I don't think anybody wants to snitch necessarily per se either, and so nobody's going to actually – Let's say what that is. Say actually what was said. So, whatever they got suspended for a couple games, big whoop. Um, but still, that that is the most as most scrappy I've seen a Timberwolves player get in a long, long time. I I really don't yeah. remember or recall the last time I've seen a Timberwolves player um getting that big of a fight. So, and uh, my bad. I yeah. got to retract my sta- retract yes, one sir. of my statements. They didn't the um Finch didn't bench the starters the entire second half. It was he played them right. some in the third. But my yep. thing is. You need to play your. It, you need to win these games. Mm-hmm. Play them through the third quarter, and give these guys a shot to get back in the game. It's basketball. We it's sports. We've seen things happen. Give these guys a chance. We we know D'Lo got ejected and all of that. But no, no, I am playing my starters and giving these guys a legitimate chance to go win this basketball game. Right. I know they're down a lot, but man, come on, man, come on out. Right. 
So the Wolves right now, they're playing Utah, like we mentioned. They actually, it looks like they got an eight-point lead as we're just about to go into halftime to that one. Um, until we speak again, they'll probably get the Grizzlies game in, the Mavericks game in as well. Uh, they're on the road for those ones. Uh, Memphis, obviously, is awesome. And I'm guessing we're going to be seeing uh, Kyrie Irving in those uh, fresh Dallas jerseys uh, down there. I'm guessing he'll be ready to go by then for them. He'll probably start playing here pretty soon for them so that'll be interesting to see and uh, yeah let's let's see if this trade motivates the squad and uh, let's go down and get a couple w's against some really uh, big time contenders in the west i mean now is the time to put up and shut up put up or shut up so let, let's go and like let's hopefully the Timberwolves can make something uh happen here um more news too this is an action-packed podcast ladies and gentlemen uh the vikings finally got their defensive coordinator and uh I don't know about you guys, but this was pretty much the number one guy on my list. Brian Flores coming to the Minnesota Vikings to lead and hopefully fix the Vikings defense. That was one of the worst in all of the NFL told the Arizona Cardinals. No, thank you. Let Kyler play his video games. I'm going up to Minnesota. I mean, man, considering uh, the position he was put in a couple of years ago, you'd think Brian Flores would really like want to jump at a head coaching job, but Obviously, something about um, wanting to come to Minnesota and be the defensive coordinator appealed to him. So uh, what do you guys think of the move? Uh, for me personally, I think was I mean, it was getting a little nervous there because some names were getting taken off the board. Um, uh, I know that Ajiro Averro went to Carolina. Um, I know that there's uh, the Sean Desai guy. He uh, pulled his name out of the, the consideration as well. But I think Brian Flores was the top guy. I'm pretty pumped about this. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited about the decision. It was a good hire, especially um, as it seemed like some options were like fading away. And I know over the weekend it, there was hints that Vero might be the guy for the Vikings because you know how stuff falls into place and Flores might end up getting a head coaching job or whatever. So I don't know what changed there exactly, but um, I'm glad that they got it wrapped up. I'm glad that they put pen to paper. Um, it's uh, I, it was uh, Thor with uh, before we die. Um, he said it best. It's going to be hilarious to see the the Vikings go from one of the most passive, tentative, like tiptoeing defenses we've seen in a long time to we are going to blitz all night. <laughs> we will not stop. What's the uh, remember the Titans? They will not gain another yard. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but the defensive coordinator can only do so much. He's only got so much magic in the in the playbook so you need to do something about that personnel and help him now help him out because you can't have seven senior citizens lining up on every snap you need you need a little youth you need some guys with some spring in their step who are willing to uh, they get they crave contact as jim harbaugh says the body craves contact these guys need to go out there and crave some contact so um i like the hiring i it's what we've been saying we said it a lot last week we harped on it. he was the guy at the top of my list and i think a lot of other vikings fans and vikings faithful um but now you have to help him and that's what i really want the front office to do which i think they will do but it's a little too quick to say that they have 72 hours or so and some change after the hire yeah, I mean they got their guy. They they got their guy, and we talked about this, you know, last episode. This is a guy that you know they they really want to bring in. We wanted to see him here too. And when the news first broke, I saw it and I was like, the Vikings defense just got better. And I understand like they definitely, and we talked about this too. They definitely got to improve 
the players on this roster and on this defense. Because I do agree, you can't have seven senior citizens, as AJ just said, <laughs> on that defense trying to get stops because it's not going to happen. But at least they have a an aggressive defensive coordinator now. A guy that is going to play a little more man, a little more press man, is going to blitz and going to, you know, if you're, if you're going to pick up a bunch of yards, you're not going to do it without getting sacked a couple of times or getting, you know, hits on a quarterback or, you know, without – you know, those receivers are going to have to earn it. They're not just going to be out there running in open space. I don't know what kind of defense Ed Donatel was playing all year. It's like guys were 20 yards open every play. I don't think you see that now. Now, that's not to say, again, if you don't add anybody to this defense, that is going to be tremendously better. But again, this defense was ranked 31st. It will not get worse. It cannot get worse. And so I do, I love the hire. I love the hire. You have a lot of work to do. But I just, shout out to Quazy, man. Shout out to Quazy. Yes, um, he he is. You can see he is really building something here in Minnesota and he brought in KLC. He's got these guys, um, a coach that can get these guys to play how they're supposed to play. They won 13 games. The playoffs was a letdown, but you can see he's building a solid foundation and his coaching staff. Um, he's building that rapport with the players. I, I liked his draft, even though the players didn't really pan out the way you necessarily wanted them to right away with seeing getting hurt and Booth um, not really just living up to the hype and kind of being hurt a little bit. I ultimately do like the draft, and I do think that those players will be back this upcoming season and they will be better with now a year under their belt. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft this year. But, like, I like the direction that they're headed in. Like, they are, they are you got to remember, this team didn't make the playoffs last year. This team did not make the playoffs. They did not win the division last year. And this year, they won 13 games. They made the playoffs. And they just got a new defensive coordinator that is a guy who I also believe can help lure some guys here to Minnesota as well. Guys, I'm pretty sure guys want to play for, for Flores. So big time hire. It, it was a splash hire. It was a splash hire. And it was the, the, the splash that you needed. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, I want to get this guy uh, whatever toys he needs to be able to create this Vikings defense. And I know that like last week I teased that maybe we do a cutter keep game with the Vikings. I'm going to push that back another week because Thank goodness, we have... I forgot that we were doing that. And then that. That's totally fine. We've got a lot of other things to talk about with Minnesota sports. Nobody's going to, by the way, we got to preview the Super Bowl at least a little bit here too. Eagles, the Eagles are in it, artists, the Eagles. <laughs> and so, uh, but nobody's getting cut or traded for the Vikings in the next week. So we're, let's just put that back push that back another week everybody will be fine um yeah this is this is exactly what the vikings needed um i was very worried there i i will admit when i saw some of the names being poached from other teams uh like specifically i know that a lot of people were thinking that ejiro avero was gonna be the vikings defensive coordinator i think maybe at one point, people thought that he was actually uh, in the lead, the leading candidate, maybe over Brian Flores at one point. But the Panthers came in uh, and uh, snatched him up. So it was literally down to Brian Flores or Mike Pettin. And with all due respect to Mike Pettin, heck of a dude. Let's grab a beer or something. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I, I said last week that I really didn't have much of an interest in in retaining his services. Maybe, maybe he, he will come back in some capacity. I don't really know. Um, but in terms of becoming the Vikings defensive coordinator, I just was not interested in that whatsoever. I just think that the Vikings needed a complete uh, fresh start. 
from a coaching perspective, at least from the, the, like the main leadership of coaches on the defense. I'm not saying, you know, you need to fire like the linebackers coach or something like that. I don't know how far we actually have to get here, but in terms of like the defensive coordinator and in Mike Patton's case, he also was a significant figurehead that defense. I just wasn't really interested in retaining his services. Hopefully he gets a job here somewhere else and continues to, you know, his NFL career. Um, but I, I was nervous because if if we didn't get Brian, I was I was probably going to be pretty dang critical of Quazy. But um, they were uh, they were uh, uh, kind of being friendly at the uh, Senior Bowl. I know that there were some pictures taken of Brian Flores and Quazy uh, yucking it up on the sideline, having a good time, something like that. And that was a couple of days before the announcement that he uh, that he was coming to the Vikings. So obviously Quazy. Uh, did go down there uh, to, you know, maybe maybe sway uh, Flores to come on up uh, to the Vikings. Um, I'm very intrigued to see out of, honestly, any, like, position that this uh, hire could influence the most. Uh, the one I've seen the most from people talking about is, like, the cornerback position. In fact, I've seen a lot of uh, um, credible writers on social media saying, like, you can pretty much peg the Vikings to take a cornerback uh, early in the draft, not necessarily maybe in the first round, but maybe also in the second round. I hear that this cornerback draft is very deep this year. So hopefully there are a lot of be a lot of guys to take. Obviously that's a position that the Vikings will very much need to upgrade. I mean, they got a couple guys like Andrew Booth, like you mentioned, artist Cam Dantzler still around. Um, I think we liked what a Caleb Evans brought at a couple times uh, this season as well. We'll see if Patrick Peterson's back. I, I'm, I don't know. We'll we'll have that conversation when we do the cut or keep game. Um, but this is exactly what the Vikings needed. This is this is a name too that kind of honestly it brings respect because this was a defense that really wasn't to be respected. Sure, you got a lot of veterans on there that are well respected, like Patrick Peterson might be a borderline Hall of Famer someday. Eric Hendricks has been a solid veteran his entire career. Harrison Smith also a borderline Hall of Famer as well. But most of these guys are, you know, on the wrong side of 30, not necessarily past their primes, but definitely not the same guys. And it was so obvious last season that just we, we need a lot of we need a lot of help. And you know what? I mean, people were saying about the Vikings going into the playoffs. Nobody believed in this defense. Nobody believed that the defense could step up and they didn't. They floundered against the Giants. And so Brian Flores brings um, just just the name alone brings a ton of respect because like, like we mentioned, this guy pro- probably should be a head coach. I, I think the, Card- the Cardinals probably would have hired him in a heartbeat if he actually wanted the job. Um, and so if he comes here um, and does a hell of a job, even maybe, I don't know, gets this defense in the top half, um, he'll set himself up nicely for potential a head coaching job next season. Because um, I don't know about you guys, e- even if Flores is here for one year, even if it's just one year, if he fixes his defense even – to half of what it probably should be. I'm fine with that. One, because I want to see the guy get an opportunity, but I mean, two, that's just, that is kind of the name of the game with coordinators. Uh, when they, when they're good, when they have success, other teams will poach them for other uh, head coaching positions or other uh, lateral positions as well. So, um, Again, I was nervous. I really thought Mike Pettin was going to be the DC of this team. That was, <laughs> this guys, that would have, that I mean, hey, I, I would have kept an open mind, but still, I, I'm so glad we got this guy, and I'm so glad he wanted to be here too because he he could be coaching Kyler right now, but you'd have to pry a video game controller out of his hands and put a football in them, and so I just don't know if Brian wanted any of that smoke. So, 
Yeah. I think I, I think like I said, I think they made the right they they made the right move. They did the right thing. And I'm I, like I said, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them. And like you said, if he can make that defense halfway better than what it was last year, you make a deep playoff run with this offense. Yeah. Notice I had to scratch my voice. I had to, you know, high pitch my voice from that. Because I think this this team was a defensive a defense away from really competing. The offense was the offense could put up points with the best of them. Mm-hmm. It was all about the defense, and that was the main issue all year. So to fix that up heading into this new year, you know. But again, get what he needs. Get what he needs, please. Yeah. And I don't mind bringing Pat P back at all for for like one more year. He was he was decent last year. Um, and having that veteran in the secondary, I don't mind. But other than just get get some pieces, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. Yeah. And really quick before we move on here, but uh, going back to something the artist said, I, it, I, he, you're spot on. Like underneath all that, credit to Quasi because it is so nice to know that that reaffirms me. We have a good GM. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have a good GM because it's not just one to like have the knowledge. It's you. It's you have a plan, and you're a salesman. Because he's able to sell that plan to a guy who could probably be a head coach at a team that's not all that bad. Like, you know, they have some they have issues, but to say, hey, come join us instead. He articulated his plan um, and he he sold it well enough. And maybe, you know, one's better than than the other. Maybe maybe it's such a good plan that you couldn't mess it up or maybe it's a pile of crap and he's just a heck of a salesman and he could sell ketchup to a lady in white gloves, you know, so. They're good. That that makes me feel a lot better, and I think that's something that maybe people haven't talked about as much. And artists, you did a great job, like bringing that up. Like credit to Quasi that, as a Vikings fan, like resolidifies. Not that I didn't believe in him at all, but that resolidifies. Like, yeah, we we got our guy last year, and he's gonna take us somewhere at some point. So, uh, credit to him. Yeah, and I'm I'm just encouraged that it seems like Quasi has the relationship building skills as well to be able to like be connected with some of these just bigger names in the coaching sphere. You know what I mean? Because like obviously Brian Flores was, was the top candidate out there for any NFL team, and Quasi just proved that he's also a well connected guy within the league and also well respected enough too that he can he can attract some of these guys to Minnesota. Um, yeah, I mean, and obvious, I mean, you know what guys, people don't talk about the TJ Hawkinson trade enough. They, they really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. sure. I think Minnesota still would have had a pretty decent offense and probably still won the division if they didn't make a trade for him. But that I really think obviously it didn't put them over the top, but to an extent it, it really just, I don't think, yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't think he's missed. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, um, I don't, I don't think he's missed yet. I don't think Quazy has missed yet. I have concerns. I'm concerned about the draft because his draft well, picks. and and the Rager pickle. Yeah, I don't know about Rager. Well, that, I will that say this: low <laughs> risk. That was low risk high reward, though. We didn't give up much for Rager. That, that yeah, that was really. I guess I, I guess I'm not I'm not really concerned because I, I, I believe in seeing and Booth. So I guess I'm just speaking from the standpoint of we'll see what they are next year. But as right. far as what we see as of right now, like the Hawkinson bringing in KLC. Now bringing in Flores, I I mean, I, yeah. the the Vikings are in are in the news for the right reasons. I'll say, right. they're, yeah, they're, and they're like, talked about for the right reasons. 
Yeah, and like sure, like we gotta admit, like injuries played a huge part into why some of these Vikings rookies, you know, didn't really like pan out at least this season. But I mean, we also gotta admit that Ed Ingram, even though he he started all of those games, I mean, how many times did he step on Kirk's foot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and like he like he was serviceable, but he he's still like there's still a lot left to be desired maybe he can take a leap in year two we'll see um and obviously you know seam broke his ankle and andrew booth got hurt too and so it just i I understand circumstances but i know that like in terms of like playing time uh the vikings had some of the lowest rookie numbers in the nfl this season um they were definitely like like bottom five bottom six bottom seven or so comparative to the rest of the league so you you want to you definitely want to see your rookies play a lot more because i believe to talk about the Super Bowl, at least a little bit, gentlemen, uh, the Chiefs have actually a lot of like rookies that are playing on their defense right now that they've plugged in in a few spots. And like, I mean, you look at what they're doing and you're like, OK, well, why can't we do that? And I know it's the Chiefs and they have one of the best front offices in all the league. But if you're looking for a blueprint, I mean, obviously, I mean, hey, go just, you know, look down to 35W and see what's going down in Kansas City. You know what I mean? Uh, artists, how's the blood pressure? right now as we're recording this how are you feeling about your Eagles squad going into the Super Bowl are you nervous are you excited are you somewhere in between what, what, what what's your mood right now man how you doing are you ready for this Ooh, yeah it's a I'm well I'm definitely yeah. definitely ready it's a mix of everything though because I'm confident in the Eagles I am I'm confident that they'll do what they need to do to win the game they can beat you in so many different ways they can throw the ball effectively um, they can run the ball effectively. Their defense is number one against the pass. They have 70 sacks in regular season. So in their offensive line, defensive line, they're, they're really a complete football team. So I like, I think they're the better team, but it's Pat Mahomes. Is <laughs> <laughs> Pat Mahomes and it's Travis Kelsey, you know, and it's Andy Reid. And so I'm, 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 I am cautiously optimistic, I'll say. I believe that we can win that game. I, I think that Jalen is due for a big game. I know the shoulder thing is an issue, but I think these next two weeks off help or these two weeks that he's had off help going into the game. And I think that secondary is going to have a hard time trying to deal with AJ and Devonte. And I know that they just dealt with Chase and T Higgins, but it's different when you have the, the run game that the Philadelphia Eagles have, because you almost have to sell out to stop the run game, which leaves things open in the secondary and in the middle of the field. And so I mean, the Bengals I, I, Joe Mixon, so it's not like the Bengals. They, their running attack is not like the Eagles rushing attack. Like, listen, Miles Sanders is a, I get it. I get it. I get it. Exactly. Miles oh, Sanders is a, is a thousand yard rusher. Yeah. And then, you know, Boston Scott can run the ball and Gainwell could run the ball. And then Jalen is freezing linebackers because he can run the ball as well. And then you have the offensive line to help with that as well. So I just think it, it makes it tough. But like I said, it's it's Patrick Mahomes and it's the Chiefs, man. They they know how to win. They know how to win. And we have not seen a quarterback as good as Pat all season. Besides, I mean, we saw Aaron, but Aaron Rodgers wasn't the same Aaron Rodgers he's been over the last few years this year. And so I think the Eagles can get it done. I think they're the better team. And I think Jalen is going to have a big game. I, I really do. I, like I said, I think he's due for a monster game against that secondary. But the I don't want to shoot out. <laughs> I don't want to shoot out with Pat Mahomes. I want. Like, I don't want a one minute, one minute left on the clock. The Eagles are up four. Pat needs a touchdown. Oh. He's got a timeout in his back pocket type of deal. <laughs> nah, I'd rather just like not. 
just turn the TV off right there because I don't want to see that. Just tell no. me who won at that point. So you I'm won. feeling good. Though. I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling you, all right. You wouldn't dare in that situation, though, right? You wouldn't no. actually turn off the TV. No. There's no way. No, of course not. I, of course I know not. You, but... I know you'd be stressed beyond belief, but like, there's yeah. no way you're turning off the TV for that. Um, you're, you're favored one and a half point favorites right now. So uh, the, the world and Vegas, more importantly. Uh, things you guys can get it done. I mean, it's 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 barely. I'm 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 hoping this is unfortunately ours. I am hoping for a shootout. I'm hoping for just mm-hmm. a great game where you yeah. know both teams like get into the 30s because both of these offenses can. I just I just like really high scoring Super Bowls. I ever since that Rams Patriots Super Bowl when it was, what was like, like the final score like 10 to 3 or something like that. Yeah, it was ugly. Like, it was ah, ugly. And like I'm just not I'm not in for like these all out defensive performances and in the last game of the season i want to see some fireworks please and thank you um so so are you officially predicting your eagles to win then yeah of course i think i I, I didn't know i didn't know like what level of objectivity you were approaching if the if the eagles handled their business and they play how they've been playing and they sprinkle in a couple big throws from jalen and aj gets involved for the first time really this postseason they'll win this game by two possessions because I do think that if they play their game and they run the ball effectively, they can dominate the time of possession and Pat Mahomes won't have too many opportunities with the football, which will force him to play even more aggressive than I believe they want to play, which could potentially force some turnovers and force some bad decisions, maybe a couple bad play calls. So if they play their game and do what they do, run the ball and test them deep downfield, I think they win this game by double digits. But if they're out there turning the ball over, they lost one game this year with Jalen Hurts. And the one game that they lost with Jalen Hurts, they turned the ball over four times. So if they go out there and they're turning the ball over and Jalen's throwing a bunch of picks, then we're looking at it a, a swing in the opposite direction by a, probably two possessions, two points, or two possessions. Um, but ultimately, I'd pick the Eagles to win because I do think they'll do what they need to do. And I'm sure my guys are tired of being disrespected. Brandon Ayuk came out and said what he said, and Debo said what he said, and Everybody talks about Jalen. Ah, 31 to 21 Eagles is what I would predict. Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. AJ, you want to give a prediction too? Just while we're at it? Why not? Yeah. Um, AJ, please just flip for me, man, because you've been no, right this I, whole I, time. No, I just can't. do it. I stuck to it. Do I stuck it. To it. It's, it's going it, to be a fourth quarter. They're, they're going to be winning. I, you're going to have, it's going to be, a, I'm, they're going to lose. But it's going to be heart crushing because they're going to be winning oh, at the start of the fourth me. quarter. They're going to be winning at the start of the fourth quarter, and Pat Mahomes is going to go full Pat Mahomes, and we're going to be in for the raunchiest Jackson Mahomes TikTok oh. the world has ever seen. Oh my um, gosh! But I'm gonna I'm gonna say the final score is going to be thirty thirty four to twenty. Uh, 28 34 what my bad go ahead you said 34 20 i think 34 20 i'm debating between 27 or 28 but i i'm gonna say 34 28 chiefs okay i want to say this before you go really quick jason i think the matchup of the game is the eagles defensive line with the with the chiefs offensive line because i believe the chiefs offensive line is like number one in pass block rate Hmm. And obviously the def- the Eagles defensive line is number one and number one as pass rushers. So that's going to be 
Something's yeah. got to been there. Something's got to yeah. been. But go ahead, Jason. AC's got a good offensive line. I mean, all the talk has been how good, like, and not deservedly so, how great Philly's offensive line is too. But for all the criticism that Kansas City got early in Mahomes' career that they weren't protecting him enough, they've done – I mean, it's been through free agency mostly. I think actually their center was drafted, Creed Humphrey, and he's been really good. They, they brought in some, like, some studs, Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, and stuff like that. So, I mean <laughs> – you gotta you gotta protect him. Um, look, they're gonna put as many cortisone shots as they can into that ankle. They're gonna get Mahomes ready to go. Man, it's this is the case. Whenever you're you got a new quarterback in a Super Bowl, it's so easy to doubt Jalen Hurts, isn't it? Just because he hasn't been in this position before, you don't really know how he's gonna handle the moment, even though he's handled pretty much every moment awesomely up to this point. Um I'm sorry, Artis. I'm so sorry. I still love you. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I have to go with the Chiefs in this one. I have to go with my gut. It is going to be a Harrison Butker game-winning field goal, like 45 yards out or something like that. And the Chiefs are going to win 32 to 2. No, 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 no. I said both. I want 30 scores. A 32 to 30. To uh, mm. win a Super Bowl, whatever it is, LVII, LVII. So I think it's fifty-seven. We're in the Roman numerals. So. We, so, yeah. we will see. I think but, it, yeah, it's going to be close, man. I mean, I, I could I could change my answer tomorrow again because I, th- I I really do believe Jalen will have a good game. I just thought uh, it's, it's Patty Mayo. What I will say. I think it's going to be a, a, a like a I, I'm rooting for a, a really good game because I frankly don't care who wins, but I think both quarterbacks are going to shine. And then this is going to be a game where for some reason people are still doubting Jalen Hurts. I see in the media, um, mm. even going into the Super Bowl as an MVP candidate is wild. Um, but this is going to be a game where it's like he is undeniable at this point on he he will not be like guarded from these conversations as a top QB. He is an elite quarterback in the NFL and he will show it on Sunday. Yeah. Win or lose. It doesn't matter. He's going to show out. He will not be the reason they lose, but they will lose 34 to 28 at the very least. Like right now I consider Jalen hurts and Joe burrow, like on the same tier right now, both of them still young quarterbacks, rookie scale contracts. Both of them have recently made their first super bowls. And we'll see if Jalen wins his first Super Bowl. Obviously, I put him a step above of Joe Burrow at this point. But if like I were to, if I were to, I, I if I were to like put Jalen against anybody, I'd say like right there with Joe Joe Burrow. Obviously, That's that fair. opinion might change might change here in the next couple of days. So sorry, artists. There's, I mean, the disrespect's everywhere, man. Even on Taxi Squad, it can't be avoided. <laughs> I mean, no, nobody believes in this Eagle Squad, man. I, I'm telling it's you, it's okay, man. I'm Just know I, I'm keeping all the receipts. I'm keeping all the receipts, <laughs> man. You're gonna, you're gonna. By the way, this. by the way, if you want, if you want, <clears throat> you didn't hear it from me. Over, over for the for the national anthem. First song of the halftime show. Please don't stop the music. Oh, that's a good one. That's one of my favorites. You know why? You know why? why? It has to be a hit, and it has to be identifiable with um, uh, by the first like note or two. Mm. The only recent, the only recent person that has played like new music was Justin Timberlake's and his stunk. His yeah. stunk. Man, yeah, it did, it did. I was there in person. This one has to be identifiable after like one or two beats, and it has to be a banger. He played pretty yeah. much. Yeah. JT played pretty much every song from the Troll soundtrack. Okay, if, like if it AJ was, gets. 
If AJ gets this right from start to finish, I am going to lose my mind. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. But go ahead. What were you saying, Jason? The only thing I could see if they wanted to do maybe more of a soft open would be stay. If they wanted to bring in like a nice, nice little piano to like and then bring up the energy with one of her more poppy songs. Like I could see it totally like the entire stadium is black and then a spotlight over her playing the piano getting it going but but that might be a good way to like wrap things up maybe or a good like little maybe. transition into like because there's act one and there's act two uh, but I, I i i'm leaning i'm i'm kind of with you too aj it's probably it's you got to get the people off their seats well think about think about last year think about last year what the first song was uh forgot about dre i believe mm, yeah i believe yeah. so yeah and, and like that starts slow but it turns into but you know you, you know, know that, that piano like instantly you know oh my god dr dre's here so yeah. um yeah, that's that's my that's my that's my hot pick. I'd be down for SOS too. That's a bumper mm. too. I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's 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 throwback Rihanna though. <laughs> well, she they have if you want a good one, you play the song every play the hits. I I saw somebody say this. <laughs> Literally it's like it it needs to be a song that like your mom is like, "Oh, I've heard this song." And it's like, "Yeah, mom, mom, everybody knows this song. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> heard this song." Like you're playing the hits. You're not playing a deep cut off the B side of an out. Like you're playing the hits. Yes. Yeah. You got it. So, and who's singing the national anthem again? Um, some country singer, not Chris oh, Stapleton, maybe Chris Stapleton. It's some country singer, like, but, um, national. a lot of, a lot of slow ballads from what I understand of him. And, uh, yeah. Okay. That's I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Plus it's a super bowl. They want, they want, he's going to want to show off his uh, vocal cords a little bit. So, for sure, for sure. So yeah, um, fly eagles fly, I guess a little bit. So um, yeah, again, sorry for the disrespect, artists. I hope you can forgive us. So, I don't think there was really any disrespect. I think we just said I'm over a great football team. We just think there's a slightly better football team that's going to win the game. That's it. Yes. That's sounds fair. like disrespect. Sounds like disrespect to me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, last thing we'll talk about on Taxi Squad today is the Minnesota Wild. Even though they only played one game since we last talked to you guys, uh, I don't know about y'all. Um, it was a really disappointing effort down uh, in Tempe, Arizona. A three to two loss to the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the, the, the Wild also participated in the All Star Game this uh, past week as well. Kirill Kaprizov got to play a little bit, but I don't know. It just seemed like the same things that we've been critical of this team, especially going into the break, just kind of showed up in every possible way against the Coyotes. They took a lot of penalties. Um, the goaltending was pretty good, but it's just the five on five still is just, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. It, it, it's one game. Sure. But still, it's just a very disappointing way to come out of the break. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, all week. Um, I saw pictures of the most of the crew. Like it, it's pretty re uh, remarkable how many members of the Wild all traveled down to Copa for this like All Star break. Because a lot of the times you maybe get a couple of those like you know duo or trio trips, and a lot of guys maybe hang out with their family or whatever. Everybody and their families essentially it seemed like went down to Copa, except for kirill who was at the all-star festivities who didn't he wanted nothing to do with any of that did you see this he backed he backed out of he was supposed to participate um friday night in the skills challenges he was slated to go in the fastest skater competition roughly three minutes before he was supposed to go he was like hey kevin fiala who was there 
you want to just take my spot? I don't want to do this. And, and then he did. And then <laughs> I think Kevin Fiala like was in the championship. I didn't, I didn't watch all of it, but, hmm. um, and then the next day, all-star game, they break it up into different conferences or not conferences, but divisions. And they play against each other. No points, nothing. Didn't really like, didn't really try. Just wanted nothing to do with it. He, he spent more time, um, sitting next to Sergey Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin's kid, who's like four years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Spent more time talking to him than probably actually like playing hockey, which I'm fine with. I don't, I understand they have to do it for like the revenue and everything like that, but oh my God, it's just, I, Kirill needs a little bit of a break. I, he doesn't need to be praying around. He so far in his two years being at the games, he has nothing but disdain for it and i'm all here i'm here all for it last year he was doing a he did a a tribute to ovechkin with his like shootout he was in the uh, shootout competition um so he dressed up like ovechkin did an impersonation of him midway through the like the interview afterwards he just like skated away (laughs) from the interviewer (laughs) Uh, so no it's super fun but unfortunately a lot of the the summer tropical vibes came back to copa from copa and they looked terrible too many penalties and i've talked about this it seems like every week i'm a broken record i'm so sick of watching them take penalties and they took uh i, I think it was five or six penalties yeah. against arizona you, you simply can't do that against a top uh, a bottom five team in the league um now and, and that mainly that's i'm gonna say that's probably the biggest reason why they lost is like you get a little momentum and then boom back on the penalty kill you can't play the guys that you want and they have been struggling five on five and you can't really get that momentum if you keep breaking up five on five with you know a, an unneeded tripping call here and there and now tonight they're playing terrible again yep. Yep. they're playing terrible again currently trailing um on this uh wednesday february 8th evening uh, start of the third period, three to one, trailing down against one of the top five teams in the league. So you go from a terrible team that you lose to to now you're losing and you just look terrible. Mm-hmm. But turnover after turnover, it's just like so sluggish, so sloppy. Kalen Addison, I love you, but you made a terrible pinch at the blue line and two on one the other way. Gustafson gets hung out to dry. Um, like zero chance, zero chance to make a save there. It's just it's so bad because you're watching this team who you know is so much better and it's just frustrating because they just play like they they're playing like they're in the lottery race currently mm. it's just like uh, like they're not they're not they, there's no urgency there's no like dick uh what's the like there's there's no um dictation in their game if that makes sense mm-hmm. they're not they're not going out there and looking sharp they're they are the butter knife in the drawer instead of the chef's knife that you want to pull out and make a clean cut it's you're like you might get a win but they're gonna win ugly and it's not gonna be a fun game to watch it i want i need them to turn this around um quick update power play to start the third period 55 oh. seconds in oh. no shots on the power play oh. no shots on the power play um and i understand you got to set it up and you got to draw the demon but you have to you have to, you have to gotta, you're not playing uh, well five on five you better be getting some shots on the power play let's put it that way right yeah so so um, frustrating frustrating yeah. week or two here now yeah it's just one game and it's just been one game but yeah. still uh so Honestly, like, I don't know how many people are talking about this. And maybe you guys have on Judd's hockey show and stuff. By the way, I'm sure Judd's totally like A+. Plus. I'm so glad Kirill doesn't like doing all-star game stuff. Oh, I'm sure he does. He doesn't, he doesn't like any. He doesn't like them going to the Olympics. You know what I mean? So, 
at one point, do we have to just really pin this all on Dean Evison about just the undisciplined nature of this hockey team? Because I feel like, I mean, we love Dean um, and like nothing's going to change with him anytime soon or anything like that. But it's just like, at, at what point do we just have to like, all right, dude, like, why is it that your team continues to take these undisciplined penalties? Like at some point you, you just got to put it on the coaching. And I haven't heard a, a ton of people talk about just like, yeah, well, well, to what extent is is the coaching staff for all of this? It's on disciplined hockey, and it comes back to them, right? Yeah, to an extent. I know, yeah. uh, like, I know there's like, you're gonna have sit downs with players and whatnot, and it's usually I feel like more behind closed doors than anything. But we've heard, like, it's been reported on and publicly talked about that, like, he pulled aside uh, Ryan Hartman in the yeah. past, you know, couple weeks. He was like, "Hey, you got to knock it off." And then he benched him, like healthy yeah. scratch. So, not only not did only did he too. like air out the dirty laundry about that, but now you're sending him to it, you know, for for in the press box and he's having hot dogs for a night. So, it's um I I don't think it's necessarily he's letting it get out of hand. It's just I there might be too much. I'm not sure. Whoa. Um it can't get worse because we can't be losing these games of these teams at this point in the season. The Coyotes are bottom feeders, and we yeah. just need to, we need to play it's... better hockey against teams like this, especially because I mean we got a gauntlet of a schedule coming up. We got Golden or the not Golden State, Golden Knights, the Devils, the Panthers, who are I know are okay, but the Avs. So it's just like it's not going to get easier. So like I mean it's you got to do something here pretty quick. And I'm going to bring this up, and I, I know other people have too. Um, and he's been playing pretty good down in Iowa. Is a call up of Marco Rossi potentially in the works uh, sometime soon? And would that help this team at this point, you think? I, at this point, I think he might be down there for the remainder of the season, but the guy who's more likely to come up is Sammy Walker. Hmm. Um, he did come up for a little bit earlier in the season, and he, during his three or four game stretch or whatever it was, he was amazing. Like every shift you could tell he's leaving it all out there. Most spring in his step, he was zooming around and like making stuff happen. You could tell he was impacting the play, which you can't say sometimes for a lot of, for a lot of guys where it's, you know, they go out and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes, you know, not being noticeable is okay because that's not really your role. You're meant to be out there on like a checking line. Your, your goal is to not get scored on. If you get a chance, sweet. Um, but Sammy Walker was kind of doing it on both sides of the ice, which was awesome to see. Um, as much as I also want Marco Rossi to come up, I just don't think mm. right now that is something that is maybe what's the word I'm looking for. Like, I guess just in the cards. I guess just in the cards. Like, I want him up here so bad, though. I no, mean, I do. I it, fans are all like that, but I understand these things take time. There's just too many bodies, unless they make some type of trade that involves no. people outgoing, and then you have the spots too. But um, I don't know. I I need something that's going to allow Matthew Boldy to have that talent guy on his line with him. Um, which there there was a big lineup shakeup tonight for yeah. the game. So Ryan Hartman back to the top line, which last year he really did a good job with that and produced a whole lot. Um, and I think he started the year there before sustaining that shoulder injury so um yeah we'll have to uh, see he actually had a goal overruled or called off tonight after uh, incidental contact with uh 
not well, not with Greenway, but Greenway created incidental contact, I believe, with the goaltender. So it was called off for that. But um, no, it's we'll have to see how this works. I'm not going to judge it after two periods of play, but if I were if I were to, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good in the <laughs> not good. Uh, yeah, and uh, speaking of the lineup shakeups, uh, it seems like the Sam Steele experiment on the top line there might be a might be over now. Um, I know that he has not been playing great for several several games now. Hopefully, I mean, I, I, if we can spark anything out of Hartman at this point to get any any semblance of the player that he was last season, I think obviously the best potential you have there is pairing him with Zook and with Kirill. Um, but uh, I mean. You think Sam Steele, he'll still stay up here, right? Even though we've we've moved him to a different line, or could he get sent down too? Or what do you think? I think Sam Steele can still be effective, but in a Sam Steele role. And I mm-hmm. think that's maybe what was he strayed away from that path a little bit. Like he he was brought in here to be a third or fourth line guy who's out there to kind of grind it out. He does have at times um some flashy plays up front, but more than like you got to stick to the fundamentals of your game, you know, keep it simple. Um, and being on that top line, he did so- show a few flashes where I was like, that's pretty good. And, you know, yeah. I saw surpass assist and blah, blah, blah. But we've also seen offensive zone turnovers where it's like a no look behind the back pass, trying to center it. And Hey, believe it or not, nobody, nobody was there. Um, or, I believe it was Monday night. When, yeah, it was Monday night when they played. There was a Zuccarello breakout pass, outlet pass that was going to, I was, I'm going to say it was probably going to get to him just fine. Um, get to Kirill, like streaking in, would have been on a breakaway. Sam Steele in, you know, maybe not uh, the highest awareness at the time or whatever it was, but intercepted the pass because it was like kind of near him. So Kirill, like insanely offsides. That's not your pass to take. Like you got to remember your role. Do you think he's firing a 98 mile per hour pass to you or Kirill? Let's think <laughs> about this for a second. So, um, yeah, but I still think Sam Steele, if he can like settle back into like the mindset of, all right, I'm out there. I'm throwing the body around a little bit. I'm being a pest. I'm getting into the corner. I'm trying to win that battle. I'm essentially trying to make another team's topper, like upper line, just get tired for mm-hmm. the, 60 seconds or so that I'm out there and then I'm off and then maybe we get a mismatch and then I can get out of my shell a little bit, but he can, I don't think he goes down or they cut him or anything like that because I think somebody would claim him. Okay. All right. Um, But yeah, no, I, I I think he can still be effective in a certain role. Yeah. And you know what, for what you got out of him at the time in the time that you did, I mean, he was, incredibly serviceable there for a little bit and i think he definitely exceeded expectations no matter what he probably raised expectations for himself and so when he started not playing as well obviously people were starting to notice and stuff like that but yeah like like you said there's probably still a fit for him on this team um but but still we need we we need to see just we we need to see some changes we need to see more disciplined hockey we need to see some damn five on five scoring and if again if we're not going to do that then we need to be getting shots on the power play we just absolutely have to be getting these things done and like i mentioned the schedule is going to be tough um in this next week we got the golden knights the devils who are having a really good season now it seems like that team is really the young pieces are really coming together in new jersey and they got a pretty good team panthers aren't the same team they were record-wise last year but i mean they're still they're still feisty and the avalanche are finally starting to actually you know play like the avalanche a little bit uh these last couple (laughs) weeks so 
look the what like and it, look it's still three to one right now uh against the stars right now um about halfway through the third period don't know if you're gonna get a win there stars are one of the best teams in the league so like all right whatever but they got some issues maybe maybe a trade is in the works uh, we we've seen some names get brought up um when's the trade deadline again aj coming up here soon march 3rd march 3rd okay so we actually still got a couple weeks still got a couple i keep i keep forgetting how much later the nhl trade deadline is compared to the nba trade deadline because you think like they'd kind of like be in similar spots but but no they're kind of a little bit all over the place um i know that um uh that maybe i i, I saw declan tweet this today that maybe james van reamsdyk might be a trade target for the wild i don't know what that might be some reckless speculation we can Maybe no, uh, I mean, it was reported by guys who usually know what they're talking about. So I'll okay. take it more than just a grain of salt. But um, yeah, no, JVR, I'd, I've liked his game. I would have preferred if it was a link back in like 2017. Because, <laughs> you know, that was nasty JVR. But now um, I would like to see what he's got left in the tank, what the asking price is. Yeah, I mean, it was more of like a a one sentence throwaway type of thing where it's like, yeah, you know, Minnesota is looking for scoring. So JV, uh, James Van Riemsdyk might be a guy that they want. And then they moved on. It's like, no, no, no. Expand <laughs> on that. Please. Yeah. No. Um, be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. hate it. I, I think he, I think he's a talented player and they need scoring and that's what he would bring. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but and it, it could happen at any time too. I mean, Bo Horvat got traded. So I, I mean, the seals kind of been, broken here a little bit as well so it's yeah and that does set the market especially like now that's a guy that you knew you could sign like trade for and then sign the wild don't really have the cap to do that so that kind of doesn't clear things for them clarify things for them in terms of value but other teams at least have the idea of what they would be probably going for right on so yeah hopefully like we said they can make some adjustments maybe a piece or two might need to uh, be added to this minnesota wild team uh to get those adjustments made i don't know we'll really see i mean still my biggest thing though real quick yeah. before you wrap it up is like if they want to make a trade though like kind of similar to what you guys were talking about with the with the wolves how much does Mike Connolly move the needle of turning this team from what it is into a championship i think the the wild compared to the wolves but like at the start of today, the Wolves were probably in a better spot to win an NBA title than the Wild are to win a Stanley Cup championship. Just like the, just because of like how strapped they are salary cap wise. And like I said last week, in three years, they're going to be running the NHL. But right now they aren't mm-hmm. with everything yeah. that's going on with all the struggles and all the discipline issues and with all the the lack of scoring five on five are you willing to give up with the price that is needed to make this team somewhere in the conversation of a, of a, of a cup contender? Mm-hmm. I personally don't think so. I don't think Bill Guerin is either. Cause he made that big slash move with Mark Andre Fleury last year at the deadline. And granted he got a pretty good deal for it in my opinion, but this year the team has taken a step back. They're further away you're going to have to add more than that. So it's just like, do you want to send the trades and put like the, not uh, the, the picks and prospects that you think you would need to, to elevate it past what you were at last year? You you either got to get on a really big, big hot streak or take advantage of a GM who does not know what they're doing. Especially either of those are happening. 
especially after Scott Wheeler of The Athletic ranked the Minnesota Wild uh, as having the best prospect pool in the entire NHL. So, I mean, national media loves our, yeah. loves our, loves our youngsters. Do we want to give up those guys? I mean, sure. Like, I, I, yeah. The guys that you would probably trade are not in, like, the top five, I think, of that sure. list. Like, Yeah, you're not trading Rossi. The thing is, you might. Oh, they, he, they might. Um, he, of, of the guys, he might be the one up there. But ah, God, I'm I'm so pumped for like Jesper Wallstad and yeah. Merrick Kuznadinov and Liam Ogren. Oh, it's gonna be so glorious. But like I said last last week, it's gonna like three years. Three yeah. years. Give it time. Give it time. Let's get through these uh, these yeah these right. buyouts because man, they they stink. All right. Uh, jam-packed episode of taxi squad today a lot of stuff going on it's so fun to have a blockbuster trade go down literally an hour or two before you start recording gives me just uh, just a ton of energy and i'm just that, that was that, that i love just when things uh work that way so this has been awesome uh hopefully yeah the, the hopefully this will be good for the timberwolves so uh, we'll see what mike conley can do we'll see what Delo can do for the lakers i'm very interested to see what that reunion's all about brian flores Two thumbs up from all of us, I think. And uh, the yeah. wild, fix your stuff, please. Another penalty. Another penalty. Wait, wait, like, we're, we're done talking about that. Oh, my we, God. We got, we got to end the show. So, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Um, Artist, can you send us home, please? Yes, of course. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Taxi Squad. On whatever, whatever device, whatever streaming platform you are listening to this on, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Make sure you go to the Score North website and give this podcast a download because that really helps. And again, we appreciate you all tuning in. Looking forward to that Super Bowl, man. Anybody got any final thoughts, any final words before we sign off? Good luck to your Eagles, man. I, I, I support you. And, and I love you. Chiefs by six. <laughs> What'd you say? Chiefs by six. <laughs> hey, sorry, artist. Just look for Jalen Hurst to have a big game. That's yes, all I have to say. All, that, we all, and we all said we think he will. So yes. yeah, he'll ball. He'll ball. But Chiefs and in with a W. All right. Catch you all <laughs> on the next episode of the Taxi Squad. <laughs>